You're listening to the Over a Drink Podcast, the podcast dedicated to normalizing normal men, talking about normal things, putting purpose to pain, and weaponizing testimonies. My name is Mitch Parsons, and I am your host. Welcome to the intro before the intro. The, the next two episodes are going to have this put in front of the original intro. The reason for this is because I am an idiot. I wanted to, you're going to hear throughout the podcasts that are going to be published, reference to a YouTube channel. I had every intention of turning this video, this podcast, into a video podcast. Unfortunately, when I recorded it with Connor, uh, something happened. I don't even know what happened, but the video was not captured in the right frame rate. And so essentially, it looks like Connor is lagging across the screen the whole time like that. And it sucks. So I... I'm not including the video. This will be an audio-only podcast, so you can disregard anything that is a mention of a video. Although, as I sit here, I have successfully captured a video podcast, and I've successfully edited it and created it, and it's sitting on my external hard drive ready to be published, but... I recorded Connor's first, and so Keaton's episode in the coming weeks will be a video episode. There will be a YouTube channel. There will be all of these things, but just not yet. So with that, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Over a Drink podcast, uh, new video edition. Um, I have finally jumped off of the cliff of... Um, I've been calling it like paralysis. I've had all of this gear for so long, but I have just been afraid because I don't know how to set up lights and I don't know how to do cameras. So you're going to be a part of this learning curve with me. Uh, if you're here watching this, if you're watching it on YouTube, uh, if you're not, if you're listening to it, go subscribe on YouTube. Uh, but if you're watching this, you're going to be able to watch this whole learning curve as I don't know where to look. Do I look here? Do I look at the person that I'm talking with um, who's a guest on the show today? Um, so it's the beginning stages. But today I have um, a good friend here, uh, someone that I look up to, uh, a leader. Um, don't make it weird. I'm not making it weird. It's true. You You run a ministry that has changed my life. Um, I met my wife because of your ministry. Um, so honestly, I'm here because of you. So um, Connor, Connor Grimm um, is here and he's actually drinking. I'm going to do this really quick. Uh, my buddy Cam, shout out Cam. Uh, he sent me this coffee from Manchester Coffee Company. Um, Cam who? Cam Deckett. Oh, I thought you were talking about Cathcart. No, Cam, I wouldn't say he's my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I'm just kidding. I love you, Cam. There's no chance Cam listens to this. Um, (laughs) But Cam, I met through church. uh, Actually, Alex Skiles, uh, her friend, uh, her best friend, 
it's her husband. Okay. And we met in the lobby and he's like, Oh dude, love your podcast. That's dumb. Um, yeah. He lives in Kentucky. I'm actually not drinking coffee right now. So Cam is not Cam. Connor is drinking coffee and he's not a coffee snob, but he likes it. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. He's drinking out of a young adult's mug cause he is the young adult's <laughs> pastor. Yeah. Um, Connor, you have uh, also sh- want to shout out my personal sponsor on it. I wish I was sponsored by on it, but I'm also drinking alpha brain, alpha brain. If on it, if you somehow hear this or I talk about on it on the young adult podcast all yeah. the time, sponsor me personally, please. Your products are really expensive, <laughs> but I love them and I still and, use them. And he has two little girls that he needs to fund and pay for. And so on it, um, if you want to make him an affiliate, I'm sure that he would. Dude, bring it on. He would He would sell it, a lot of it, because people listen to what he says. I will influence tens of people. Tens of them. Yeah. Like, so many tens, groups of ten. Yeah. I'm drinking out of my water jug with, sponsored by, over a drink. If you want a sticker, reach out to me, and I will get you a sticker. Um, Connor, you have uh, 45 seconds on an elevator. Okay to tell me who you are when i get off the elevator i will never see you again but i will know this oh, about you man <laughs> oh dude no clue uh who am i i am the oldest of four uh i am a virginian uh best state in america <laughs> two up two down uh like i'm throwing out my area code <laughs> 540 where are you at like nobody nobody's from there Um, 303 yeah no so uh yeah uh oldest of four um grew up in an amazing family my grandparents are some of my favorite people in the world um i think for you to really know me you have to know my grandparents specifically my grandma like uh this is going to be longer than a minute elevator that's okay that's okay but uh my grandpa is like my wisdom like in my life and my grandma's my sense of humor but no, man, I am a, I'm, I, I hate this because I don't put too much stock into it. I'm, I'm a pretty stereotypical Enneagram four. Okay. I love art. I love communication. I love being moody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'm pretty introverted, which shocks people just because of what I do for a living. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I'm a pastor by trade. Um, and I love it. It's, it's my favorite thing that I get to do. So not just the preaching, but just, uh, helping people yeah you know figure out jesus it's my yeah. favorite thing in the world yeah that that was a terrible elevator pitch that, that was myself. that was great that was a little over 45 seconds um okay. but i i res <laughs> we'll cut it i'm just kidding um no i i resonate with you though with the introvert who is like shockingly an introvert like people don't expect it i'm my favorite thing we're sitting in my favorite place like yeah like tucked in the basement with a door that slides shut i can make it pitch black in here if i want to um i used to right behind you have like a big lazy boy oh really um that i would just sit and read and like this was like my (laughs) leave me alone space i know i joke i joke a lot a lot saying that i'm just like the biggest disappointment when people meet me because I, I i am like i'm pretty loud i'm pretty like I, I don't know what it is about when i preach but i feel most comfortable up there so i, I yeah. like share a lot of myself and but then when i get off stage i'm like don't touch me like why are you looking at me don't look like, at me but like <laughs> yeah. and when you do when we do talk my my energy is draining as yeah. we speak and i love you but like yeah 
I think people think I'm pretty rude sometimes, and I don't mean to be. No, I'm just highly introverted. Yeah, and and people I think mistake introversion, like as like you can't hang with people. Like I, I introversion to me is like it's extroversion is you get energy from people. Introversion is people drain you, and so like I'm an introvert who loves people. But after like a Sunday at church, I'm like, I'm going home and I'm watching TV. Yeah, I feel the I'm same like, way. I, I genuinely love people and I love being around people, but it just takes me to zero. Yeah. And I need like a day to be by myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. After it. A full day. Yeah. Like, oh, dude. Real. You have a big family, don't you? Yes. Yes. Jess has a big family. We go on vacation to her big family and... <laughs> Oh my God. I (laughs) love them all so much. But at the end of it, Jess is like, Oh, I feel so rested and I feel so like energized and like, let's go do stuff. And I'm like, give me four days to recover (laughs) because I haven't had a thought to myself. And like, that's how I feel visiting my own family. (laughs) Like outside of, outside of being with my grandparents and like maybe my parents, but like growing up, I would always go to like Thanksgiving or Christmas and there's legit 30 to 40 people in my grandma's house. Um, all of my relatives live within roughly like an hour from my grandma's house. Yeah. Got my cousins and they're bringing their girlfriends and boyfriends now (laughs) and all that. And I feel like a shell of myself. I love it, but I, I, yeah, I need like a week to not talk to anybody. And it doesn't help when you now have. Two a, children two that children, wake up at four thirty in the morning, and a daughter who can talk. Yeah, well, well, they boss both, me around. Yeah. yeah, well, your youngest—I don't want to say names, but just for—and I can cut this. But like, you're not your youngest is not talking yet, right? Our, uh, no, she's saying hi. Um, she's saying that or this. Uh, when she's does like, she know no yet? Uh, she shakes her head no, but she doesn't okay. know the word. My biggest fear is when my daughter learns no, and she is going to, like you said, boss me around. She, oh yeah, and and Aaron, your wife is is a very strong person. My wife <laughs> and your wife, they bond on the fact that, like, just came home the other day. I was like, yeah, we had this team meeting, and Aaron and I had a lot of questions, and I'm like, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, not at all, <laughs> like, not at all. <laughs> like, um, so your daughter is going to be a very strong willed. Oh, already Your daughter's... Already is, yeah. 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 I stand no chance. I have little (laughs) to no chance. Um, But, yeah, man, so I I appreciate you coming on. Uh, This is is so fun for me. It's selfish that it's, like, my favorite thing to do. And I love podcasting. I love it. You have a podcast. Young Adult Podcast. Uh, I always talk to Aaron about, and maybe we'll dive into this more later, about I, I love being creative. Yeah. Um, and so I've always kind of joked about to Aaron about like, Oh, I want to start my own podcast and stuff like that. And she's like, you should do it, but I'm already kind of on one. And yeah. I, and so maybe yeah, but what, what, what would you, ever... what would your, cause young adult stuff. And that's what I'm kind of excited about. If you're watching this, listening to this, uh, there's going to be a second episode with Connor where, um, we're going to talk about some other stuff. We're going to talk about what actually, honestly, whatever he wants to, um, <laughs> I, he, I gave him some options. He told me to choose and I told him I'm not going to do that. Um, but I did kind of, that's um, great. Don't make me choose, <laughs> but, but you, you have to talk as a young adults pastor on your young adults yeah, podcast. I, I kind of want to talk like me yes. and so, not that it's different, but I'm just, 
But it, I, I mean, I wear it my is. pastoral hat at, on the Young Adult so, podcast, and you wear your pastoral hat most of your life. It feels like it feels like it's hard to. At least I experience this because I'm not a pastor, but my wife is. We go places, and it's like we literally are choosing like where we go to like comedy concerts because it's like the last the last comedy concert concert comedy shows Show, yeah like we went to nate bargazzi and we ran into six people that we knew from red rocks and i'm like this isn't a date night it's like you're pastoring yeah again. but like, luckily for me your wife is way more visible than i am like i'm visible to like the 20 somethings in our church but yeah. everybody at our church knows who your wife is yeah i can most of the time fly under the radar okay put and, a hat on and i love that <laughs> yeah what would your podcast be called top of your head first thing oh man um this tree is gonna make me angry all right we're gonna go right there go what what would I call my podcast? <laughs> I don't know. Let me clear my throat. Okay. That's <laughs> Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't know what I would call my podcast. I'd have to think about that. All right, we'll we'll come back to it. Yeah. Um but for now, the the uh, the exciting thing of the evolution of the creative process, which we we talk about a lot, we Connor is a very creative human. Um, it's stupid um, in a great way, but we the with this show, it started out as, hey, let's just sit down, tell me your podcast, tell me your your testimony A to Z, uh, and then we'll press play and press end, and that'll be the end. Of it. Very little editing, very little. Yeah, anything. It was raw and people liked that. Um, but I think that there's also an aspect of like stewarding this a little bit. And so it started to grow into like, okay, you would tell me part of your podcast and then we would diverge or di- uh, like kind of divert is the word I'm looking for. And we start talking about more aspects of that. And all of a sudden it's a two hour show. Yeah. And I'm like, no one's going to listen to that. I'm not Joe Rogan <laughs> yet. I'm not Joe Rogan yet. Um, I'll never be Joe Rogan. I'm Mitch Parsons. Um, but um I say that it started to become, okay, now we're going to cut them up into two episodes. Um, so this is just, there's so much power in testimony that like um, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so um, blood of the lamb is nothing to do with me. Um, that's Jesus. He, he paid for it on the cross, but um, the word of my testimony is where I have a play in that. Um, and so honestly, that's just speaking it. And so speaking your testimony is powerful. Um, and honestly, I, Justin and I were talking about this. There's just something about it where your testimony is, I believe the power of it is like you overcome. Life's hard. Life is like can suck a lot. But like you overcome by being encouraged by other people's testimonies. So not so much as like my testimony isn't always a weapon so far as like a sword, but like healing, like it, my testimony to you is going to keep you going because you got kicked in the nuts, but you hear about how I got kicked in the nuts and I made it through so I can keep going. Yeah. Um, and so I just want this little block, um, for you to just, and however long or short that it may be, um, yeah, your, your testimony, um, I'll toss it to you. You can start wherever you want. Uh, and the floor is, the floor is mine. 
Um, yeah, I love that thought about, about it encouraging other people. The Bible also talks about confessing one another for healing. And I think when you share your testimony, there's an element of confession in that. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause a testimony is also some of the, like the hard things you've like gone through, maybe some of the bad things that you've done that you haven't like shared necessarily. And so there's healing that comes from even just sharing your story, but okay. My testimony, man. Let me think. Uh, I grew up in Northern Virginia, about an hour outside of Washington, D.C. Born and raised. um, My parents, both school teachers and and heavily, heavily involved in church. Um, I'm talking like Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesdays. uh, Anytime there was like revival weeks, which was every day of the week. Tell me about a revival week. Revival week is normally when you bring in some dude who uh, will preach for like five nights in a row, which being a preacher, I'm like, dang, bro, that <laughs> that is tough, honestly. Um, but you bring them in and it's just like, if I'm being honest, I'm not even too sure the point, like in the sense of like now being in a position where I could do a revival week, like. I'm not really exactly sure what, what I would <laughs> hope to accomplish with it, but I think it was just like, hey, invite your friends. This is going to be very um, evangelistic. Uh, and then we're also – I grew up like hyper charismatic, yeah. and so we're also going to pray for like the Holy Ghost to, to fall. And I mean I'm talking like people sprinting through the, the aisles and, and falling over and, and listen. Courtesy I, cloths I, yeah, and all I, such. Yeah, yeah, modesty blankets. Modesty blankets, that's what they call them. <laughs> yeah, courtesy cloth. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but no, like – and hey, y'all might knock it. I don't know, but I've seen some people fall and it is – they fell too hard to pretend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like they legitimately hurt themselves. Oh, if it's not the Holy Ghost, they're taking an L, like on yeah. the way down. And right? I, I, I ask that because I grew up in a, a church where it was like, you don't raise your hands oh, in church. No. Like, and I know that now that I've been engulfed in oh, like. Oh, you got it. I, with the, I, with with the, Bakkins? the Bakkins. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm in it now. So I, I know, oh, Revival Week, that's. I mean, I don't know if they call them that in the AG. Were you AG? Yes. Okay, so then maybe they do. But <laughs> but there are a lot of people, I'm sure, who listen to this, who if they grew up in Parker, Colorado, or they grew up – I mean, I had I had coffee with a guy that I work with. Which was, this is super cool. Um, but he is lives in Chicago, middle-aged black man who goes to a all-black church. Uh, and he and I were talking about the differences in worship – Mind you, this is the business meeting, but it was so yeah, cool. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, I can tell that it's that it's worship because the little lady in the front starts tapping her leg, and it, and, and the Holy <laughs> Spirit is there." And yeah, I'm like, yeah. "Yeah, that's not how I grew up." That's oh um, yeah. I mean, I got the praise the Lord, shun the devil, the hanky waving, like <laughs> you know, the face, the shout made. downs, the speaking yeah, in the tongues face. from across the room. Oh, bro! Like if there was not three different messages in tongues. With somebody interpreting something, um, it wasn't church. And here's the thing about church, and I, I make this joke in, in like young adults a lot, but growing up for real, the worst thing ever was when you wanted to bring your girlfriend, for me, my girlfriend, for my siblings, boyfriend, girlfriend, I guess I had two sisters and a brother, to church because no matter what, that was going to be the week where things went down. Like you could have, my church wasn't like insane, insane. It had moments. Uh, and here's the thing. I, I say insane. I, I don't mean that as in like I don't believe in that. I actually believe in it. Yeah. I, 
sometimes I, I wonder how beneficial that that hyper of an expression can be, but I don't think it's fake. No, I, I believe that it's really real. Um, but you just knew as a kid, like, oh, I'm bringing my girlfriend, I'm bringing my boyfriend. It's just going to happen. And like, there's, there's no, dude, like there's... clockwork. Like my sister brought a boyfriend who wasn't a believer like in, in, in anything. Yeah. And I mean, the Holy Spirit fell. Sister Lawrence is sprinting down the aisles. <laughs> Somebody's butt cracks hanging out the front. So we got to lay the blanket down. I mean, it just happens. And so that's, yeah, amazing. that that's, that's where I, that's what I grew up in. And I say all that to say, I grew up in an amazing home. Um, incredible parents, incredible grandparents, family, super close, really close with a lot of my cousins, really close with a lot of my aunts and uncles. Um, like I said, everybody kind of lived within an hour or so of like DC. So weekends, um, you know, like Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever, like everybody's like showing up. So I had a super close family, really encouraging family, super talented family, a lot of athletes, like my cousins, state champion wrestlers and football players and stuff like that. So it's just fun, like yeah. growing up, fun, Virginia, big sports, football, basketball. You're a hooper, yeah? Uh, I used to be before I shredded my back, but I and mean – every other part of your body. For real. I'm like falling apart <laughs> over here. I, w- I mean a hooper light, you know. There's, there's millions of people better than me, but yeah. I'd like to play. Yeah. So. Um, But no, man, so I grew up in an amazing family, but just never, I think I was just the most stereotypical like story you could almost hear, like going to church, I definitely had moments like encounters with God where I knew that this was real, um, but definitely wasn't taking it seriously in any way, shape or form. I would go to church and then hang out with my friends and do dumb stuff or, um, you know, like honestly, for me, most of my story, and and my wife knows this, so I don't feel feel weird sharing it. Um, I never really did any drugs. Never really drank. I actually never drank before I was twenty one. Really, I mean, I I had tasted alcohol, yeah. but never like yeah. I would go to parties and pretend for real. <laughs> I I had this weird pseudo morality. Like I wasn't really like a Christian. Um, I believed in Jesus because I didn't want to go to hell. But I didn't live for him. Yeah. But I also had this weird morality that I think was just ingrained in my head. So, like, I would sleep around, but I would never touch alcohol. Yeah. And for yeah. some reason, that was, like, okay for me. Yeah. Like, you know, like... like I'm, I'm holy because of this, but, like... Yeah. And I didn't think, like, me, like, messing around was, like, great, but it wasn't drinking. Yeah. Which is super dumb. Isn't it crazy how we assign different weights to different sins? Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, to this day, my parents, God bless them, I love them. More my mom, she like, to this day, will like, if she sees like a beer in my fridge, or like, I'm a tequila person. I would be drinking some now, but it's two in the afternoon. <laughs> um, but like, if she, she is just like shocked yeah, that the Holy Spirit speaks to me. Because with, of alcohol. Yes, with alcohol. And bro, for real talk, just for anybody listening, like I maybe drink once a month, if that. Yeah. And like a drink, like I'm, I think it's maybe just my age. Yeah. But a drink, it's not even that I get drunk. It's more just like 
I feel it in my bones. <laughs> like, like I wake the up the next days. morning and I'm sore. And it's like, from what? Like that margarita? Yeah, like the one margarita. Did I that work I... out? No, I had a margarita and I'm sore. Like, how yeah. does that work? Yeah. Um, but no. Uh, so, I mean, I just grew up and it, but with all, all those things mixed in, it was amazing. Like my, I knew my parents loved me. I knew they were proud of me. Uh, my grandparents, I think I was saying they have some of the strongest influence in my life. Uh, crazy story. One of my dreams, uh, as I get older and retire is to write a book based on my grandparents' story. Hmm. But long story short, my grandma, uh, was originally married, um, to another guy and had a bunch of kids and he was a drunk and died in a car accident when my mom was like super young and all her siblings were like young and they still remember the story pretty vividly. Um, of like somebody coming to their house and telling them their dad had passed away. And my granddad, um, the only man that I've ever known is my granddad has, uh, he lost his wife to cancer and he had a bunch of girls. And, and, uh, so, uh, my grandma joined this church group and it was, uh, these like widows or these, these women who would go visit like guys who had lost their wives. Yeah. But there was like a strict, like, I don't want to say don't hook up because that sounds sexual, but like <laughs> you're here to like see how yeah. the church can help them. You're not flirting. You're not whatever. Yeah. Like my grandma like threw that out the book, out the window, <laughs> like found my grandpa, really liked him. Didn't tell like the church that they were like, she would go to visit him and she'd like pretend she was on like church business. Yeah. She would like go see him and stuff like that. And then they ended up getting married. Um, and like and merging their their families together, and so they they are incredible. I'd love to write a book on sort of their like love story. Yeah, uh, it'd be it'd be pretty cool. It's straight up Nicholas Spark stuff. <laughs> um, but no. So anyway, I I mean I'm dang I'm long winded. No, uh, <laughs> I love it. This is great. You're Where great. are we right now? Uh, with my super long intro, uh, you're 23 minutes. Oh, okay. You're fine. Okay, you're cool, cool. Um, so yeah, I, I come from that, like I say all that to say, just amazing, incredible family, but I did just the stereotypical thing that you do when you're in middle school and high school, like Jesus is my fire insurance. And then I'm going to live my life the way that I want. And so, you know, I was like, I had a bunch of friend circles, uh, played sports year round, but mostly just very interested in, in girls. And I, I had my pseudo sort of morality, like semi-Christian, um, you know, morality, but I wasn't really a follower of Jesus. And then I go off to college. Um, I go to Virginia Commonwealth University, um, the Rams. I was there. Nobody's going to know what I'm talking about, but I was there the two years that they went like super deep in the NCAA tournament. We, people, I, mean, I feel like people know VCU. Kind of. We used to shock us probably because back in the of, day. Yeah, probably because of the, the March Madden. If you, yeah, they upset Duke yeah. uh, in the first round. The first year I was there, and then I think they went to the Final Four. It was either the Final Four or the Elite Eight. Yeah, there, was a, there was a run where they were really good. Yeah, they were legit. Larry Sanders, Eric Maynard had classes with both of those guys. Yeah. Um, but, no, so go to VCU, and I, I again, carry my pseudo-spirituality. Um, I wanted to kind of experience college, but not like the drugs and alcohol. Like, I wanted to be at the parties – but I didn't want to like do anything that was like too crazy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, 
Oh, this is so nerdy. But I, so in high school, me and my friends, we played like two years of professional paintball. Wow. It's so, so dumb. Um, but we, uh, weirdly, this guy who was like trying to get me and my friends to, to pledge his frat found out that we were professional paintball players. And I don't want to be making something up. I, okay, this is, this is not me trying to flex because this would be the nerdiest flex in the world. We were in a couple paintball magazines. <laughs> And I think he had a magazine that we were in and he didn't like recognize us. Do you have those magazines still? Do I have them? I think my mom <laughs> has kept one of them somewhere in our home. I'm going to um, reach out to her. I truly, Facebook. I couldn't tell you where it would be. But anyway, he like found out we played paintball and he was like, you got, you guys like, you don't even have to pledge whatever, like join my, join my frat. One of my friends did, me and my other friend didn't. And, uh, but we would hang out with those guys all the time. And uh, I just remember like going and like seeing their parties and it was like fun. But I, again, like my, my pseudo morality would be like, oh, I can have fun, but not too much fun. Like I'm going to pretend to drink here, but I'm not actually drinking. It's so dumb. <laughs> I was such a loser. I'm um, just like, just drink. If you're going to like go, just like do the thing, like yeah. be the sinner. You know what I yeah. mean? Not, not that drinking's a sin. Sorry. Um <laughs> Drunkenness. Yeah, but just go all in. And I wasn't. I I was like half in on Jesus, half in on – I couldn't even really party. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But I go and I remember I was playing pickup basketball and there's this guy named Sam who uh, would be there playing. And he was like 6'7". He was an XD1 athlete, basketball player. Um, And so clearly somebody you want on your team. Yeah. And we just started talking and hanging out a little bit. And I knew he was like too old to be going to school. Yeah. And so I kind of was like, Hey, like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you here for? And he's like, Oh, I'm a part of this, uh, Bible, Bible study thing, um, on campus. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, He was great. Like he didn't push it on me, whatever. So we played basketball. And then one of my friends actually started going to their Bible study and, uh, I was like, oh, that's the one that Sam guy's a part of. So I started going or whatever. And me and Sam, we, we actually became really good friends. Um, unfortunately, we don't really talk that much anymore, which sucks. Um, but what like, ministry was that? I want to say it was something. It, dude, it was. It, was, was it, it wasn't Athletes in Action. No, 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 no. It's super cheese. Um, it, it actually, come to find out, it was a, a church plant that. Okay started as sort of like a pseudo college ministry. It was called Aletheia, which is, I want to say Greek for truth. Um, And I don't know, like when you're in college and you're learning to study the Bible, you think anything in Greek is cool. So (laughs) me and my friends are like, oh, Aletheia, that's edgy, you know? But no, he was down there. He's a part of it. And uh, he he, he kind of like invited me. I started to go and I was like familiar, obviously, because I grew up in it. Um, but I was like, sure, whatever. I'll tap into like my, my roots a little bit. I'm not really going to church on the weekends or whatever, but I'll go to this Bible study with my friends. Um, and the more I got to know Sam, the more I I, like saw in a person like, oh, this guy's like different. This isn't like just something he believes. This is actually radically like affected his life. Um, I don't know what this is like, like, which is sad because I do I did see that in my grandma and my mom like looking back, but I think more somebody my age. He was just like three three years ahead of me. Okay, um, and so you know I th- I always thought oh I'll take this serious when I'm like sixty or fifty or whatever. Yeah. But like yeah. he was he was in his mid twenties, 
and his life was changed. And I was like, oh, dude, like this, this can be for real. And so I'll never forget it as long as I live. Um, I was on the 17th floor of Rhodes Hall in Richmond, Virginia, about a day or two before Christmas break. I was playing Halo, I think, with Sam. I think we we're playing either Halo or maybe NBA 2K or something like that. And he, we were just kind of talking, talking life, talking like church and faith. And he, he like looks at me and he's like, Hey, do you want to be a Christian? Like, would you want to give your life to Jesus? And I remember I was kind of like offended because yeah. I was like, I am kind of, you know, <laughs> like, I know what you're talking about. I've answered 42 different altar calls <laughs> at revival nights. You know what I mean? Um, I am a Christian, but then I felt like this conviction of the Holy spirit and it wasn't mean and it wasn't, uh, angry and it wasn't. That's Sorry. No, you're good. Just jump in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Sam and I were in my dorm, uh, 17th floor of Rhodes Hall, uh, playing either Halo or NBA 2K or something like that. And we just started having this conversation and he was, you know, talking about faith and life and what I'm, what I'm going to be doing over Christmas break and all this stuff. And I remember him just being like, Hey, like, do you want to, do you want to become a Christian? Like, would you, do you want to accept like Jesus into your life? And I was kind of offended because I was like, bro, I've grown up in this. Yeah. Like, I know this. I've answered the altar calls at Revival Night. I've I've gone to the altar every Sunday for the past eight yeah. years. You yeah. know, like, yeah. I've done the thing. But I felt like in that moment, which is just crazy, I felt like the Holy Spirit tug at my heart and be like, hey, like, it's time. Like, it's this is your moment. This is your invitation. The Bible talks about how today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. Yeah. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, don't wait. Um, I want to know you. And I've got like a, like a life for you. And so I remember bowing my head, um, having an experience like I've never had before. I'm not going to cry. Uh, has anybody ever cried on here before? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. good. I don't want to be the first. Um, uh, multiple people. Okay. Uh, I remember sitting on, in this cold plastic chair uh, in front of my little desk. And, and truly, I don't, I don't remember what I said, but I just remember it like inviting Jesus in basically like, I know you're real, but you've never really been real to me. Like I've had these moments with you, but I want it to be like my life. And I'm not kidding you. I remember feeling like I lost, like I remember standing up and feeling like I weighed five pounds. Mm. I, I felt lighter and I've never felt that way before in my life. It was, I felt like my inside was truly made new. Like something, something inside of me died mm. and something was like remade in me. Mm. Um, yeah, dude. And it affected everything. Like I, it changed me. Well, Jesus changed, not it, Jesus like changed my life um, in ways I don't even, I don't even know how to put into words. Like I was healed from things that I didn't even know I needed healing from. I, I like, I feel like I downloaded so much perspective and, and I remember this, I, I've never felt so loved and accepted, but at the same time, like new. Yeah. In the sense of, I think we live in a culture where 
you know, we, we, we believe love and acceptance is accepting everything about us without judging anything as being bad or wrong, but that's not really love. That's stupidity. Like we don't treat people that way. I don't treat my daughter that way. Why would God treat us that way? Hmm. Um, I remember weirdly feeling like this loving conviction that my life needed to change, but it wasn't out of shame or judgment. It was out of Jesus truly wanting the utter best for me. And I felt that in that moment. So like the girlfriend I had at the time, I knew I had to break up with her. Uh, this, this might sound so weird, but all the girls that I had, that I had been with, and I don't, I don't specifically mean sexually, but even like dated and mistreated, I felt like God was like asking me to call them and apologize to like a a lot of girls. (laughs) And so I did, I mean, I I did that. I I called maybe five, six of my ex-girlfriends and just apologized for the way that I treated them and the things that I prioritized in our relationship and the way that I acted over certain things. And again, I don't even mean like sexually specifically, just, just like the cat and mouse games I would play and just, just stuff like that. Um, and I just remember, but I just remember being like, I'm, I'm new. Like I'm new. This is weird. I I'm living for the first time. Um, and yeah, my life was, my life has changed. And so I finished out that year and I did another year at VCU, but that entire time I was wrestling with, do I go to a Christian school or not? My only exposure to Christian school was Liberty University. And when I went, you had to wear like a collared shirt and khakis. And that just has never been me. And because they don't have black khakis and black collared <laughs> yeah. shirts that you can wear. Yeah, dude, I'm all black all the time. <laughs> I'm working on that. Um, but I, uh, but no, I just remember being like, well, no, I'm never going to go there. And so I don't know why it's so random. I remember my youth pastor, Pastor Keith Fricks. He was amazing. Um, and I remember, I, I don't know how I remember he went to this school called Southeastern. And so I just Googled it. It looked a lot cooler than, than Liberty. Um, it was near a beach within yeah, like an hour Florida, of a beach. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, why not? And so I went there and just studied and got a degree in theology. And then, um, sorry if I'm rambling, but last, no, you're great. last kind of major part of my story that led me to hear very rarely have I like heard the voice of God clearly. Yeah. I did in my dorm room at VCU when I became, when Jesus saved my life and like yeah. transformed me. And I'll never forget. I was writing a paper. It was one of my final papers of school at Southeastern. I had an internship lined up in Cleveland. Um, or no, I'd already done my internship. I thought I had a job lined up in Cleveland and, uh, which God likes, if anybody's listening from Cleveland, I'm sorry, <laughs> Cleveland sucks. Like it is. And I was there the summer LeBron left. So it like, oh, sucks, so it sucks. sucks. Yeah. I saw like the jerseys being burned in the streets, like for real, like there was a restaurant that if you traded in your LeBron Jersey, you ate free for like a year or something like that. Like it was like, it was crazy. People hated him there. Um, but no, I remember being like, oh, I think I'm going to go work at this church that I interned at. I don't really want to do that because it's just in the middle of nowhere outside of Cleveland. There's nobody my age. And I was writing this paper and one of my professors was just like, so what are you doing after college? Like you're about to graduate. And I was like, I had never thought of that. (laughs) Like I maybe got like a month left. Like, what am I going to do? And I remember one night I was feeling like anxious about it because a lot of my friends that weren't in like the church world were like 
getting jobs lined up or a lot of, a lot of people that go to Southeastern are like pastor's kids. Yeah. And so they've either got jobs at their parents' church or, uh, jobs at like their parents' friends' church or something like that, like lined up. Yeah. I'm like, I came in knowing nobody, nobody in my family's a pastor. I don't have any name, any credentials, any help as far as yeah. like that goes. So I don't know. I was like, I, I guess I got to make my own way. Um, and I felt God weirdly. I, I remember just like I remember getting saved. I remember sitting at my desk and God just saying Denver, Colorado. And like, I'd never been in Denver. I had never like, I think I'd driven through it one time. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, Carmelo Anthony plays for the Nuggets. I remember like literally that was like my first thought um, at the time. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just put that in my back pocket. Maybe one day yeah. I'll move out there and work there or do something like that. And then no lie, like about two weeks later, I get a phone call from the guy that I was going to go work with in Cleveland. And he was like, Hey, um, just, just to let you know, I'm actually leaving that church and I'm moving out to start a church in Denver. Um, would you want to come and be a part of that? And I was like, no way. I think I heard God's voice. Like, you know what I mean? Like, wow. Yeah. Um, so I said yes. And super, super long story short, I came out here. I helped the church get off the ground. Um, but through that Red Rocks, who I worked with, uh, I'd never seen a church be so generous. Like I had in school and, and, and prepping to start this church, you know, you read all these church planning books and, and nobody says this and not that, and I, I hope that nobody actually feels this way, but you almost view other churches as rivals and you get like very critical of yeah. other churches. Like we would go to churches around here when we first moved out before we started and be like, Oh, I like how they do worship, but Oh, that guy can't preach very well. And I would do this different. Now I would do this. And then, and looking back, I'm like, shut up fool. You know what I mean? Like I thought I knew everything and, and my little team thought we knew everything and how we were going to do it. And so what, what shocked me was when we got started, we, we got started in uh, this place called Red and Jerry's right off Santa Fe by like the Costco and, and okay. Chick-fil-A by broken tea, broken tea or broken arrow, broken tea golf course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like right there. Yeah. Not, not the most ideal place to start a church, <laughs> but, uh, but I remember like uh, going in Red Rocks, like sending us basically all of our worship equipment. They like, I think they gave us like drums and keys and all this stuff and then gave us money to like do lighting. And then, then they, they like opened up their worship leader, uh, sort of like, what like Rolodex, yeah. I guess of like, Hey, do you need a drummer? Like here are the three or four drummers we use. I think at the time they were just at golden. They, okay. they hadn't even opened like Littleton yet. Yeah. Um, but they're like, Hey, do you need drummers? Here's like three or four people that we use. You need guitarists. Here you go. And, and actually their lead worship leader at the time, his name was Todd Ballard. He was leaving, um, Red Rocks, but he came and like led worship for us and helped us get off the ground. Like Red Rocks, like loaned him to us for like a month or oh, something. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, why would a church want to help us? Like, yeah. cause I thought like we're coming in, we're like the greatest threat in here. It's like, yeah. no, first off, no, no, we're not. But two, like, wow. And I, I remember thinking, I, I remember one Sunday they gave it, they like outfitted our band. They had outfitted like our music and I was just like, if I ever work at a church or ever like lead a church one day, I want to be just like that. Hmm. And then uh, there was a guy there named Jesse who drummed 
And, and our church was of about 40 people, about 50 to 60 years old or older. Um, and I was like the only kid, I was like 23 at the time. And, uh, he was like, Hey, have you, do you have any friends like out here? You seem to only be ho- hanging out with really old people. Yeah. And I was like, not really. My only friend is like the guy I moved out here with. Um, we were college roommates and, uh, I was like, no, not really. He's like, you should come to Young Adults at Red Rocks. Um, You should check it out. It's like a group of like 100 people. It was like 100, 150 people at the time. And he was like, it's a lot of people your age. It meets every other week at the Golden. And I remember like going and hanging out. I was so nervous, like meeting people. But I was like, oh, my gosh. And so it's just, dude, it's so full circle, so wild. I was like 23, 24 maybe at the time and uh, move out to – move out to Denver, get invited to young adults as a total stranger to Red Rocks yeah. in Colorado. Literally just heard, just knew how generous Red Rocks was, how, how amazingly unthreatened they were yeah. by us, which is the most beautiful posture to have. Um, gave us anything we needed to be successful and then invited me into the community that I would one day, 10 years down the road, lead. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look at God. Yeah. Like I remember, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody's going to, who listens to this is as old as I am, but I, like it used to meet in the golden youth room and they would have like couches and stuff. And I remember sitting on a couch, <laughs> like listening to Jesse Davis preach and just, it's just wild to yeah. think that like I started as a volunteer, then I was an intern, then I was a resident, then a volunteer coordinator, and then sort of like a volunteer coordinator teaching pastor. And now I just lead the whole thing. Like, it's just crazy. It's wild to me. That's so cool. So I don't know if that was interesting or what you were looking for, but that's my story. (laughs) No, no, that is, that is 100%. Because here's the thing is like, I think that there have been people that have come on here the first episode was a guy named aaron who was a green beret you know aaron smith dude that dude is amazing he is an amazing human and he's been shot at and like told stories like that's cool but i've never been shot at yeah (laughs) like i've never been in afghanistan or iraq or like i've never taught like iraqi police forces how he he at church the other day was like let's go shooting i'm like dude i've never shot a gun he goes he goes i've taught other people in other languages how to shoot a gun i can teach you how to shoot a gun (laughs) (laughs) he is the scariest but nicest human i've ever met he bear hugged me once and i think i almost died yeah he first off he's a physical specimen oh yeah He's what, 6'4", 6'5"? 6'4", 235, like 3% body fat. Yeah, like he's jacked, but also you he could probably run a marathon. Oh, yeah. He could lift a car and run a marathon. And then... Give but, you CPR afterwards. Yeah, but then like the kindest guy in the world. Yeah. But you know, just looking at him, you're like, that dude is for real. Yeah. Don't let the smile fool you. Yeah. He, oh, yeah, he'll kill you. He'll like, mess you up. I, he like didn't deny it, but like I, I like walked in and I was like... Aaron could kill me in five seconds in five different ways right now. <laughs> and he just kind of smirked as if like, yeah, I could. Yeah. He's <laughs> like 10 actually. But yeah. Actually yeah. don't, don't underestimate me. But I say that like, that's an awesome story. And I, I actually got a cool response from the, like the military world. Um, yeah. Mark Ray, a good friend of ours. He, his son has early onset epilepsy. Um, and that resonated with the epilepsy community. But yeah. like your testimony, although it might not have 
things that are like that in it, it still resonates with people like me. Like I like like I grew up similarly to you in terms of like half in. Like, I think that what you talked about with the morality was so like. Oh, I could like, talk about that for hours. It was it was to me like. I I thought I, I didn't drink for the longest time for that same reason because I was like I'm too good for that. But then look go look at my Tinder profile or go look at my like <laughs> like the whole thing and it's like that is like I think of testimonies almost like common denominators of like there are a whole bunch of people in that have a common denominator at some point in their testimony of something that you talked about yeah i wanted jesus but not right now yeah you know and jesus is like no now and you no know, now and and i i wanted jesus but i also thought that that girl was cute or i i wanted jesus or like i don't know i wanted to go smoke weed like yeah <laughs> um but smoking weed wasn't bad but drinking alcohol how dare you drink alcohol I'm yeah. yeah um whatever but um no, dude, that was awesome. And I think, thank you for sharing. Thank you. I actually do. I do one thing um, that maybe I'll put you on the spot, but I think you'll handle it just fine. Um, <laughs> that if there's one person listening to this, they've listened to your testimony and they're going through something that you've walked through in your life. Um, doesn't have to be traumatic. It could just be a life experience. Um, what would be, or like either this, like what would you say to them? Like a teaching moment, like, Hey dude, or an encouraging moment or, or even to like make it easier. Like what would you say to Connor at pick a point in your life five years ago, 10 years ago, you're in college or whatever, however, however long, what's just like a piece of like a takeaway um, that you would, that if someone's listening to this, like I could say, Oh, I learned this one. Like Connor gave me this one piece of advice. Oh man, there's so many. I mean, there's so many layers in my story that I just wouldn't have time to share. Like I battled with depression, um, just self-image and and certain issues. But but here's the thing, truly, that I find the most appealing about Jesus that is that is my story, is I wanted to create a life for myself. I think yeah. so often people when they think of Jesus, think of Jesus is my way to get into heaven. Hmm. Um and I don't think that's true necessarily. I do like, but what I mean by that is I'm actually, I'm right now I'm reading through the gospels and I'm, I'm making mention, I'm highlighting and underlining all the times where Jesus basically says why he came here. And I'm not super far in, so don't, don't hold me to yeah. this, but he is yet to mention heaven. Hmm. Um, and whatever, what I've read. But what he always talks about is that I've come to have to to bring life. Mm. And I think there are so many people who maybe have my story where you go to church, you're not opposed to the idea of Jesus, you're not opposed to the idea of of a faith um, or starting your faith journey or whatever, but you're just afraid that if you do that now, you're gonna miss out on life. You're gonna miss out on you know, having sex and finding that person or going and partying or just, I don't know, doing whatever you want to do, making yeah. millions of dollars, whatever. Like you're afraid that going all in is you're going to miss out on life. And what I found, the older that I get and the more I read Jesus is actually you're missing life now. Hmm. Jesus's offer is life. Yeah, It's not heaven when you die. It is like 
he is the only way into eternal life. And we know by reading the Bible, that is the, the recreation of earth and the culmination of earth and heaven coming back together and being with God forever and eternity. But he talks about life way more than he talks about heaven. And so what I think is like to the person who's listening, who's like, well, why would I go all in? If I'm living this lukewarm life, I'm like half in, half out. You don't know what life is. You 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 haven't experienced the best in life. Yeah. You're trying to create your best and Jesus holds your best it like for you. And so I think that, man, if I would say anything, I would say that the moment that I had with Jesus in my college dorm when I gave him my life where I felt like God was like, now is your time. Like, I want to meet you. I want to change your life. I feel like that offer is available to anybody. And I'm just like, you you don't know the life you're missing out on until you know. And so go all in. Like, there is nothing but but life to be found in Jesus. And I think so many of us, especially in this this age, in our 20s and for me, like my thirties, like, what is life about? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? Am I just work, working this nine to five to pay the bills, whatever? Like, no, like life is found in Jesus. It really is. Um, and so don't, 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 don't toe the line. You're, you're just cheating yourself. That's what I found out most. Sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to hijack this. Oh dude, I, but, it's yours. <laughs> it's not me. I'm a host. I'm not, but this is what I love so much about Jesus. I've been reading too about sin and so many of us like are like, oh, we don't sin because God's holy and it offends him. Yes, but sin also has way more to do with you than it does with God. God's perfect and sinless. Sin only affects you. Jesus had to die because you were sinful and he had to deal with your issues. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so when we live these half-hearted lives and we're like half foot in church, half foot, you know, in the world, like, like doing what, what we want, you're only cheating yourself. You're only hurting yourself. Sin affects you. You know what I mean? Like, and so I'm just like, go all in on Jesus, go all in. Like there's, he says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life. And that's just, I don't know. I've just been thinking about that for like, Jesus knows what life is. He's yeah. the point. He's, he's, he's why I'm, I'm living. He gives purpose to my mundane. He gives purpose to my passions. Like only in him have I really found true life. So sorry, I'm rambling. I'll shut up. No. I'll drink my alpha brain. Alpha right brain. Now. Yeah. I need more. <laughs> Sponsor me. <laughs> no, dude. Thank you. I'm like chewing on like so much of what you're saying. There's so much good i don't even want to add to it i feel like i'd like dilute what you just said um so i'm not going to that's wisdom um (laughs) um so man connor um we're gonna talk more next episode um but uh thank you for yeah man i love it this is so fun i'm like this is i mean you run a podcast so you know like you get to do this all the time i have to squeeze it in um to honestly like you said it's two o'clock i i woke up and worked early and now i'm taking a little break to to do this but um and this is a new thing that i have to do but like if you're watching this click subscribe share it with somebody uh share it with a friend a family member the thing with this is like i want to build a community of men but also women who are sharing their testimonies who are the coolest thing has been that I reach, I put on my Instagram, um, I put on my Instagram, what would like 
you like to hear me talk about? And a lot of it was like women saying like, how do like, if my husband is feeling this, how does he want to be loved better? And I'm like, that's freaking cool. Like I had (laughs) no, I had no intention of this being not that, I mean, this was supposed to be for men. Yeah. Like, but the fact that I have women who listen to it, who are like, men don't talk. So will you talk about what I need to know about my, like my husband? Um, so like, I want to build a community, hit subscribe, uh, go check out the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere that uh, I think there's a podcaster or pod, pod of, I don't know. There's another one. Um, (laughs) um, uh, and Follow me on Instagram, uh, theoverdrinkpodcast.com. Until next time, peace. See you guys later. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Overdrink Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share it with someone that you love. And honestly, you don't really need to love them. You could just like them. Or you could have just met them at Walmart and been like, hey, this is a really cool podcast. You should listen to it. Either way, you're sharing it, and that would be super cool. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at The Overdrink Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help with some of the costs associated with the creation of episodes, hosting, gear, and software, you can support Over a Drink financially by following the link in the description below called Buy Me a Coffee. You can support on a one-time basis or join the team monthly. Until next time, peace.